Hey everyone, um, I hope you're all well. I'm gonna just start this straight off by saying here is a trigger warning for this episode. Um, if topics about body image or food or eating disorders are like too much for you right now, don't listen to this episode. Like, don't even, you know, think you'll see what it's about. Just, you know, it's not worth the risk. I mean, I can't tell you what I'm going to say because I haven't recorded it yet, so I probably should have recorded this after, but yeah, don't put yourself through that if you're not in the right frame of mind for it. But now that's out of the way, um, let's just get straight into it. So yeah, I'm just going to be exploring this shit show of a world we live in right now, and always to be fair, but I mean, okay. (laughs) Every time I record and I say, well, to put it in context, or like, in my experience, I feel so narcissistic. I just feel like I'm talking about me, 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 like the whole world revolves around me. But then I'm like, oh my God, no, but you have to put it in context. Otherwise, you're not being authentic and it loses like, you know, its realness. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, she doesn't shut up about herself. Please know that I am hyper aware of that. And I don't mean to be narcissistic in any way, shape or form. It's just like how I give context and like authenticity to what I'm saying. Um, But yeah, so I kind of thought that now I'm in an okay position to talk about body image and eating habits and things like that because... 18 year old me wouldn't wouldn't have been in a good enough position to talk about that sort of thing and I don't know I like to reflect on my life a lot and I feel like even this time last year I probably couldn't sit here and truthfully tell you like my truth (laughs) but now I feel like I'm in an okay enough position to do so and that's because like I'm literally just a completely different person to who I was this time last year But I was just thinking about how sad it is that not having normal eating habits is so normalized and that I think everybody knows more people that have gone through an eating disorder than people who haven't, even if it's not, you know, a labeled eating disorder, just the thoughts and patterns that come with it. And I think for me, like it was, and I'm sure many people can agree, but it was definitely like, it just felt like it was never going to end. I thought like I would just be that way forever. And it hasn't ended, you know, it doesn't just stop. I still don't have the best relationship with food. And I still look at myself in the mirror sometimes and cry, (laughs) Um, which is actually kind of what sparked me recording this today because... I like have really bad PMS bloat and I just looked in the mirror and was like, oh my God, like I cannot wear a sports bra today. Like this is not cute, but I am still going to wear a sports bra because I have to go to sort cycle in a bit. And that's part of the, the journey, I guess. Like there was a point in my life where I didn't ever, ever dream of just going to a workout class in just a sports bra. Like I would always wear a top sometimes even a long sleeve top in a boiling hot workout studio because I was like no I I can't do it and then 
I just got more comfortable with looking the way I am. Um, and like I said, I'm not, you know, queen of confidence. I still like don't wear certain things because I don't feel comfortable with how I look, if that's, if that makes sense. But I can happily say that now I'm in a point in my life where I don't care as much, which is great. Like progress is progress. And the biggest thing I want anyone to take from this is that recovery and progress are not linear things. Like you don't just go up, up, up until you reach this point where you never even think about like how many calories are in your food or if you should be eating these carbs or not. Like that's not how it works. You will have like ups and downs and whatever it may be. But it's all about working on it and believing that you deserve to be better. And so yeah, like I started to say, I'm going to have to put this in context. And I'm not going to talk about like the specifics because I understand that's really triggering and numbers are a lot for people. But I like grew up dancing and just didn't look like any of the other dancers. I'm really tall and I have wide hips and I also grew up playing rugby at the same time. So I was very muscular. Um, and from like a very early age, I was very aware of how my body looked and that it wasn't what people wanted it to look like, which I say now I'm like, oh my God, fuck them. Like it's not their body, it's mine. But I remember in like year seven, my teachers would tell me that like I was in trouble for having my skirt too short and they would always be like, it's rolled up Mary, unroll your skirt. But it wasn't, my legs were just too long and my waist was like, it didn't correlate. And so the skirt looked a lot shorter than it was. And like, I remember always saying that and they were like, no, like nobody's body's like that. And I was like, well, <laughs> mine is. And I just like, looking back on that now, even like, I think everyone who has been a dancer like knows the kind of environment that is and they're like nobody has any shame commenting on your body like they will just say what they want to say and now I'm like oh my god what the fuck is wrong with people like just don't comment on people's bodies even if you think you're giving them a compliment because there are so many times that I've lost like drastic amounts of weight and people have said, oh my God, you look so skinny. Or like, yeah, or like, I love your body or blah, blah, blah. And obviously, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I think that it comes from a good place. And it's just this thing that everyone's like internalized that the smaller you are, the better you look. Which again, is not true. But, you know, a lot of people believe that because that's what, society has led us to believe and so I think when people say oh my god you've lost so much weight oh my god you're so skinny they do really mean it as a compliment but without realizing it they're also reinforcing whatever has led you to that weight and so for me whenever people would say oh my god you look so skinny it's like <laughs> that meme it's like so you think I'm skinny like that is literally what was going through my brain and so whenever something whenever I was doing something that I shouldn't have been doing whether that was like obsessively working out and running on a treadmill for hours on end or like eating an apple a day or whatever 
it would just reinforce those habits because everyone was telling me that I looked better when I was actually really ill. Um, which I think is crazy as well because this weird correlation between weight and health is so, so, so bizarre because you cannot determine somebody's health based on their weight. Like, that's why BMI suck. Everything about that whole system is just so corrupt and disgusting because you can be, like, what doctors would label as underweight, but you eat the right food and you are, like, super healthy and you, you know, you work out and whatever, but you just have a super fast metabolism. And then vice versa, you can do the, like, you can eat the exact same diet as somebody else and your body will still look different to theirs. And you can work out and do everything the exact same and your body will still be different to theirs. Which, like, remember that when, you know, you see these people on Instagram who say, oh, like, follow my diet, like, this is how I lost weight or this is how my body looks like this. Because I promise you, your body will not look like that. Which I understand a lot of people are, like are trying to get a certain body type but it's just never gonna happen like genetics play a bigger role in how your body looks than the food that you eat and (laughs) I wrote a piece not too long ago that I never like put anywhere I just kind of wrote it for my own sanity and I was talking to my dad about it and he was like okay why don't you call it I grew up watching the Kardashians and now I can't control my bowels. And I literally burst out laughing. And then I was like, oh, wait, you're right. And it is a funny title for an article, I guess. Um, But what he meant by that is that I used to watch the Kardashians when I was a lot younger. And they would promote all these skinny teas and things like that. And 14-year-old me who had more money than cents I spent my money getting skinny teas and like those weight loss teas and completely fucked up my belly and like I still have really bad digestive issues to this day and I'm 22 and I drank those teas when I was 14 um but the premise of them is that you you drink those teas and you like restrict what you eat and they work as a laxative on your stomach And obviously, like, now, I'm like, oh my god, Mary, why the hell did you think that that was going to do anything for you? If anything, it made me bloat so much that I actually looked like I had gained weight. But at the time, I was like, well, the Kardashians have the body that everyone wants, so I'm going to get these teas. And I, like, I'm a late bloomer, like, oh my god, I didn't get boobs until I was, like, 18. I didn't have a figure until I was, like, 18. And so I was like, my waist isn't tiny like the Kardashians, and... I want to look like them. And so I got these teas and they just completely fucked me up. And I feel like nobody actually talks about how, like, the effects of ruining your body like that at such a young age don't just disappear. Like, I woke up with stomach pains, like, every day for at least two years because, like, my stomach just could not handle what had happened to it. And... Like, I know I wasn't the only one who 
was drinking those teas and believing what the Kardashians were saying because like me and my friends would do it like as a group would buy the teas together and stuff and it's miserable like it is so so miserable and you just at 14 like now it really does break my heart to look back on it because if I met a 14 year old today who was telling me this I would just cry and give them a hug and be like oh my god you are 14 like this is not what you should be worrying about but that's the world that we live in and you know if every billboard you walk past is plastered with photoshopped models who are like seven foot tall with these unrealistic beauty standards then what are you led to believe which is yeah it just but times are changing like they really are and I'm not gonna clap for a fish for swimming because this really should have happened a long time ago but you know now there are more ads with women with like stretch marks that aren't photoshopped out or blurred out and their cellulite and you know shapes and bodies of all sizes which I don't understand why it took so long to get here because of course nobody has the same body type duh like who are they trying to fool I mean successfully fooling 14 year old me but it's so weird that they just and I say they I mean like big companies and media corporations and stuff like that but you know it's so crazy that they upheld these unrealistic beauty standards for women everywhere and I know that men also go through this like I'm not just saying this is a a women's problem but I can only speak from my experience and as someone who identifies as a woman I'm not going to speak on the behalf of men um but yeah like I really messed up my body when I was 14 from those damn teas and like the reason my dad was like say I grew up on the Kardashians and now I can't control my bowels is because like they are they are such big laxatives and you have no control. Like this is TMI, but you have no fucking control over what happens to your body. As soon as you drink that tea, it is game over. And I was going to school. Like I spent eight hours at school. Why did I think that like I should be taking laxatives before school? What? Like, ugh, I just want to slap some sense into 14 year old me. But here we are. And you know, I don't watch the Kardashians. I haven't watched it since I was about 15. Um, I don't follow any of them on Instagram. I just think it's super toxic and unrealistic for me to follow them and see them lie about drinking tea to get a figure. And I would suggest doing the same if you're vulnerable to that sort of thing. But I would also suggest hanging out with people who aren't superficial and who don't subscribe to that way of thinking, which is like a lot of people would think is a bad thing but I think like you have to put yourself first when it comes to your mental health and if you're surrounding yourself with people that only care about how they look and like comment on things like that all the time then you don't realize it but you're subconsciously taking that all in and for me like especially in lockdown I was really scared that I was just gonna get into bad habits because I had no control or it felt like I had no control over like what I was eating and how much I was exercising and obviously gyms were shut and so I was doing home workouts and like going on runs and I was like no this isn't enough and like that was never my mentality before lockdown it was my mentality when I was a lot younger but like since 
probably last year that hasn't been my mentality like if I leave a workout and I'm like oh that wasn't you know it didn't take that much out of me I don't think oh my god I have to do 10 workouts but in lockdown I was like oh my god no this this isn't enough like I'm gonna gain weight and I'm gonna like lose my muscle definition and you know all these crazy thoughts and obviously lockdown is a really really unique situation that no one could ever predict themselves being in but I think alongside me being ridiculously paranoid about how much my body would change and it did by the way like it did I did gain weight and like I did get upset about it for a hot sec and I was like no you survived a pandemic you are alive like that's all I had to do and that's what I did and you know I had to sit back and just say thank you to my body for allowing me to get through that shit show I mean it's still going on but I mean in lockdown when we were literally confined to four walls like very grateful that my body just survived um but when places started to reopen and you could go out more and it wasn't as strict um like my dad definitely changed my perception of food a lot in those six months because I have never in my life met someone who could not give a shit about calories in the way my dad just doesn't care like that man doesn't doesn't care and I love it I'm here for it and so we would like go and get pizza and like try out burger shops and like all these cookie places and stuff like that and I don't normally eat that way I really don't. And it isn't because I don't enjoy those foods. It's because I just have a really sensitive stomach. Um, And so I tried to eat like foods that I know won't put me in agonizing pain after I eat them, which is the reason I don't eat dairy. But in lockdown, I was like, well, to be fair, I don't actually have anywhere to be. So it's not like I'm going to spend the day in pain, like at an event or at school or something. And so yeah, I was going to my favourite pizza shop at least three times a week. That's Soho Joe, if you're from London, you need to go there, best pizza ever. But yeah, I was going there like three times a week and I was just looking back on that and I was like, wow, like that is progress. I didn't think I like my brain was getting any better with my relationship with food at all until I realised the way I was living. And like I'm still living now, even though lockdown has been lifted and I mean, we might be going into a second one, but you know, right now everything's open again and like I'm still going to Soho Joe for pizza and still not punishing myself by not eating those foods. Um, And along with that also comes working out. And this has been a real tricky thing for me to admit to myself. But I used to work out to just completely punish myself. There was nothing rewarding about it. Like I would just work out to burn all the calories I consumed in a day. And obviously working out is very good for your mental health and like the like endorphins you get from it and you know, but if you're doing it to damage your body, then it's not that great for your mental health, duh. But you know, but I would like, leave the gym 
And this was before I became like a workout class person because I was like, I could never, oh my God. like if I could see 16 year old me, I would just laugh because I would always say like, I'm just not a workout class person. Like I prefer to work out by myself. Meanwhile, what I meant by workout by myself was run on a treadmill for three hours in an empty gym. Like what? But I would leave the gym and be like, oh my God, like skinny legend. Like I'm a fitness queen, blah, blah, blah. Didn't touch weights, didn't do anything, just ran. And then I would get home and I'd be so tired. And I'd have no energy at all. And I'd just wake up and do the exact same thing the next day. And yeah, it just like wasn't wasn't good for me. And then I started going to workout classes when I was like 17, I think. Maybe just before my 18th birthday. And a lot of them were focused on calories. And I was like, oh, this is not a good idea. But I went anyways. And that kind of fucked me up even more. And now, thank God, I'm in a position where like, I just don't count my calories. I used to count them religiously and now I just don't. But when I was going to these workout classes where they were like, you should be burning X amount of calories in a class. It just made me so aware of what was going on. And then in comes Soul Cycle, the love of my life. <laughs> um, and it's just like not that at all. Like it's just not, they don't care about calories and they don't talk about your body in class and things like that. It's just about, having a good time and dancing on that bike and getting in your feels and I think I really needed that and so I remember when I started going to cycle literally every day obviously my body changed but like I wasn't aware of it like I honestly didn't care which looking back I'm like oh my god that was so good of you Mary but yeah, I just didn't really care. I didn't notice I was kind of going through a rough patch anyway. So I had like bigger things on my mind, but people kept commenting on it. They're like, oh my God, Mary, like your legs are so toned or you've lost so much weight, blah, blah, blah. And that was probably the first time in my life where I didn't think I should go and do 10 times what I'm doing now to lose more weight. I was just like, oh, thanks. Like, cool. I mean, the comments still piss me off because I hate people commenting on my body whether they're trying to compliment me or not. But I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I go to Soul Cycle now, but cool. Um, And with that, I kind of stopped counting the calories that I was consuming because I didn't even know how much I was burning. So it would be like an endless cycle if I was trying to figure out how many calories I'd lost in a day compared to how much I ate because I just didn't know and like now I have an apple watch and like it tells you how many calories you burn but I told myself I couldn't get an apple watch until I was in a position where I knew that that number wasn't gonna trigger me or make me feel like I had to like reach a target that was just never gonna happen and so you know that was my cheeky little progress reward an apple watch um but you know it took a lot of work to get there and I definitely didn't do it alone I mean you you can but like I didn't and I think there's strength in admitting that I didn't do it alone 
I don't think any of the people who helped me know that they helped me. Like, I definitely haven't gone up to, like, the CEO of SoulCycle and been like, your workout class really changed my perception of fitness and working out and appreciating my body. Like, I yeah. But that was definitely a big contribution. Also, not hanging out with people who just care about the way they look and, like, if they're skinny enough and things like that. And also just having a dad who will eat anything. Because then I'm like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and not eat, you know. I'm going to have that pint of beer too and that pizza. Fuck yeah, I deserve it. And I think a big thing is like realising that balance is everything. Because as much as I now love pizza. And I say now because I didn't eat it for a very long time because I was scared of it. Um, But... Yeah, like, now I literally would die for pizza, big time. But I do still, like, wake up, have my kombucha, my avocado toast, and my kale Caesar salad for lunch. And then the next day, you know, I might have a portobello mushroom burger. That's just how it is. It's all about balance. And even when I'm not hyper-thinking about, like, what I'm consuming and not really caring my body will just be like okay Mary like cut it out we need to go on a run or we need to you know have a green juice or something like that like your body will talk to you you just have to listen and along with the whole like your body telling you things I have been seeing this thing recently that I think is really important and I wish I'd seen it a lot earlier in life but people have been saying how when you gain weight a lot of people think that you're being unhealthy or they associate it with, you know, like a negative lifestyle when actually that weight gain is the nights out with your friends and the pizzas that you had and, you know, like the time you skipped the gym to go to a festival or something. And that's so true. And I'd never, ever, ever thought about that before. But like my weight fluctuates all the time that's just the body I have like my weight fluctuates and I'm normally at like my heaviest at the end of summer and that's because I've just spent the whole summer doing things I love and seeing friends I haven't seen during term time and catching up with people and trying new foods and so if anything that weight gain is just a sign that I was living my life to the fullest and looking at it in that way kind of brings me to tears because like yeah this is just proof that I'm living why would I not want that and especially like I think as a student you know summer comes straight after exams and I can't speak for everyone but I know that myself and a lot of my friends included like just don't eat during exam season not intentionally like just stress has that effect on our body And we're like chugging back 12 cups of coffee a day and then just like not eating and like feeling really fragile, blah, blah, blah. And so I think by the time summer rolls around, if I gain a bunch of weight, thank God, really, like I'm grateful. But that doesn't mean that everyone has to live in the same way. You know, if you still want to eat your (laughs) your Caesar salads and you drink your celery juice during summer you go for it I mean I do that too but it's just kind of figuring out what works for you 
Um, and like I said earlier, like you can you can follow what people say and how they got their body, but your body just is never ever going to look the same as theirs. Which I know if you like have body image issues, that is kind of a hard thing to accept that you can't just do everything in your power to look a certain way because genetics are actually more powerful. But there are like a few people that I have recently started following on TikTok. I should probably find their TikToks. Um, but and I, there was, yeah, there was definitely a point in my life where I was like, I could never, ever, ever follow a food channel, blog, whatever. But, you know, here we are. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> my thing stopped recording when I went to find the TikToks. And I was actually rambling for another half an hour. And now I'm going to have to re-record it. So, you know, bear with if I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. But I know that I was looking for a TikTok. That's where I ended the last bit. I, this is going to sound so weird now because I... An hour has actually passed and I just realised. So I probably sound like I'm in a different mood or whatever. But the girl I was talking about, her TikTok is Kate from TikTok. And she's a mukbanger, mukbanger, whatever. And she is just like, I'm obsessed with her. Like, she's great. And yeah, she just sits there and eats food on TikTok. And there was definitely a point in my life where I just could not watch people eat food like I really didn't like mukbangs because I was like I can't like it's way too triggering for me but there's just something about this girl and like she made a TikTok the other day where she was just like this is my body like not breathing in not pose like who cares really and I was like oh my god uh, like queen give us everything and like I mean I don't I wouldn't say like everyone go and watch it because obviously I understand that if you can't like look at people eat food that that is so okay but like I definitely watch her TikToks and I'm like damn right I'm gonna go get a bagel and a a chipotle bowl too like let's do the damn thing and I don't know it's really it's just like light-hearted videos and she's just like super quirky and funny and they have definitely like made me feel okay And I think the, like, psychology behind that is that, especially after being in lockdown and not really giving a shit about what I ate, I definitely, like, don't see people put that side of themselves on Instagram and, like, online. And so I think it's very easy to believe that everyone else is just eating, like, I was going to say eating green juices, drinking green juices and eating salads all the time. And that's just not realistic. I mean, I'm sure some people do that and like good for you, but is it really good for you? Like I, I think too much of anything can make you sick. And like that doesn't, I mean like who wants kale every day? You know what I mean? Like I love a kale Caesar from By Chloe, but I'm not going to have it every day. I could, but I'm not going to. And people don't like take pictures of their fast food and put it on Instagram because they know they're going to be judged for it. And so I think now there's this weird thing that's being like maintained that you just upload like good food or whatever good food is. But it's really heartwarming to just see her 
unapologetically just eating whatever the hell she wants to eat. And so big respect to her for doing that because I don't think I could. And I just think it's incredible. And she's definitely my favorite TikToker. Like I can't, I can't watch the dances. I can't because I don't know. It's just, (laughs) we're not going to get into that. But yeah, she's definitely my favorite TikToker. And if you can, then go and watch her videos because they're so cool. But yeah, I also think that finding what works for you is a really, really big part of recovery because there isn't like one set way to go about it. And for me, I remember a massive turning point was going vegan. And I wish I could remember the name of the YouTuber I watched um, who was talking about how she had a really bad relationship with food until she went vegan because that was definitely the reason that I went vegan and I've just said vegan too many times. But yeah, she, like, oh God, I hate my brain for not knowing who she is. But that video definitely made me go vegan. And yeah, when... Oh my God, I don't want to say vegan again. When I went plant-based... <laughs> Um, like my relationship with food really did change. I didn't count calories. I was cooking at home a lot more because at that time, veganism wasn't really as popular as it is now. Like now every restaurant I go into has a vegan menu. And if it doesn't, it's probably not a good restaurant and I'm probably not going to eat there anyway. But yeah, back then I would like make my own foods and stuff. I think the only like proper vegan restaurant at the time was by Chloe and maybe Mildred's as well but yeah other than that I would just eat at home and I know people can do it but I don't know how you like weigh out the calories and food that you cook at home and I'm not gonna figure it out so I just wasn't and I was a lot happier that I couldn't have access to the calories that I was consuming and I think that when I was vegan I mean it was only two years but when I was vegan, I think the fact that I didn't know and just didn't know how to even obtain the information of all the like numbers and stuff in food kind of rewired my brain a bit to be like, you don't need to constantly check the calories and what you're eating. Um, and so then when I went back to eating meat, I just didn't really care to to know how many calories were in it I still don't really eat a very like not plant-based diet I think the only non-plant-based thing I eat is chicken why can't I speak chicken because I don't I've never ever liked red meat like ever um and veg is cool (laughs) um but yeah I don't know that period along with food combining But that's like a very specific thing and I wouldn't say everyone has to do it. I personally did it because I have really bad stomach problems and that was like the only thing that kind of saved my my stomach from like the mess that it was. Um, And if you don't know what it is, it's basically like you just eat certain foods together to like optimise your digestion. Yeah, I listen, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to explain that. But Kenzie Burke is the girl that I, like, found food combining from on Instagram. She's, like, amazing. And 
yeah, like that really helped my stomach. And then changed the way that I saw food. I was no longer seeing it as a punishment or something that I had to hate. It was, it was like medicine for me. I was like, well, food makes me feel good. And now when I eat things, it, it's more about how it makes me feel. Not so much like, do I feel good about myself because I've eaten a salad? But more like, is my stomach okay when I've eaten this salad? <laughs> or is my stomach okay when I eat this pizza? Because for anyone who has stomach problems, you know that life of just like eating something and just being filled with instant regret the minute that it hits your stomach because you're like, oh, today is going to be painful. But also sometimes you do have to ask yourself, well, did this food make me feel happy? Like when I was eating it, did it, did it put me in a good mood? And sometimes that's the most important thing. You know, there are, I can't even tell you the serotonin that runs through my veins when I have a pizza from Soho Joe. Like, it is a different type of happiness. But, you know, I don't have it all the time. And when I do have it, I'm like, oh my God, let's fucking go. Like, this is going to be great. Like, I'm super excited and super stoked for it. But I don't want this to just sound like me saying it's up 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 from here like you know once you acknowledge that you have a problem it doesn't just get better like out of nowhere it is such a big process and it's not linear at all and you know just in case you you haven't heard it today or you haven't said it to yourself you are so worthy of recovery and living your best life and you know being able to look at food and be like yeah I am gonna eat that today and I think it isn't it isn't spoken about enough. It's definitely something that people only care about if they can see it. And for a lot of people, you can't see it. And so a lot of people suffer in silence. And so if you know someone who's going through it or you are going through it, like be gentle with them or yourself because it is a really difficult thing to approach, especially because a lot of people think that it's a tiny little secret that they aren't aware that anyone else can see but yeah I can't give you a set way to reach for help or to give someone help there's no there's no program there's no leaflet you know every single person will react differently I definitely didn't react well when people started commenting on how little I was eating like I would lash out and be like, I don't know what you're talking about, so leave me alone. Um, but then for some people, all they need is someone to reach out to them. So check in on your friends, let them know that you're there for them. If you're going through it, be gentle with yourself. If you were like well enough or like in the right place to listen to this podcast, then I'm hoping that you're on the right track to helping yourself um and yeah there's so many people on instagram now that are like devoting their their pages to being the most authentic version of themselves and not like breathing in in pictures and manipulating how they look so maybe fill your timeline with people like that rather than people who show you unobtainable figures and say that they're drinking five green juices every day when that's just not happening you know 
don't believe everything you see online. It's just not. It's not true. It's all fake. <gasps> Surprise, it's all fake. But yeah, look after yourself and be gentle with yourself. Especially now, as this world seems to be going into a second lockdown, which is a very difficult time for anyone who struggles with body image and eating disorders. Be very, very gentle with yourself. It's okay to relapse and it's okay to not see the light at the end of the tunnel as long as you know it's there you know it's like you know if you're on the tube and it's going through a tunnel and you just feel like oh my god we've been in this tunnel for so long and then literally out of nowhere the end of the tunnel appears and you can see the light and you're like oh, don't worry we're there that is like that's like recovery that was the weirdest metaphor I've ever used I just you can just tell that I loved English literature as a kid but um yeah my biggest thing is be gentle with yourself 